Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. This is Pastor Mark Ortega with you. I am one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. And as always, I am joined by Jessica Kilduff. How are you doing, Jess? I'm good. You told I'm us Jessica to hurry Kil- today. Yeah, I'm Jessica Kilduff, who's just a member of the congregation. You're like, I'm a pastor. I like do things here. I'm like, I'm just a person. I'm just here. Is this so that <laughs> nobody walks up to you and calls you Pastor Jess? There, no one will call me that. <laughs> yeah, All right, she hasn't so- been on the worship team for like... Eight, eight years or anything. Yeah, nobody knows what you do, Jess. It's a totally anonymous person I'm in the life of the church. I'm a bookkeeper. I like numbers and spreadsheets. You lead worship. You're a trustee. Yeah, because I like numbers Have you led Bible studies here before as well? Uh, no. No. No? No, not like official. I mean, really? no. I've had like Bible studies at my house with like the Moms Together group. And oh, okay. Or like, okay. you know, I've, I've led. And you're in a marriage group? I'm in a marriage group. Been doing that for a long time. Yeah. We don't lead anything though, because we're not qualified yet. <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's not like people don't know who you are. Oh, I guess. You're kind of well. everywhere. And now you're doing this. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. How awkward was our Goodwill Talk promo for you that we did for the announcements the last I, couple weeks? I feel like anybody who has seen it can tell you how awkward it was for me. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of my favorite things we've ever done. It, is the, it was the worst. When we got that, like when we first when tracy was like hey i'd like to do a promo uh-huh. i was like all right send me what you want like it to say and then she i was like oh this is like a in-person thing yeah what do you think it was gonna be i thought it was just gonna be like a little like radio spot you know what i mean like vocal oh, i didn't realize oh. that you didn't know i was gonna, gonna have to camera. like pick out clothes and wash my hair <laughs> and well you know and thank I you for doing prob- that no i probably didn't oh well you i know, don't thanks remember for but anyway thought, i guess yeah totally totally awkward and out of i mean this is out of my comfort zone that is like in another universe from my comfort zone i mean we we've talked about throwing a camera in here don't do and it. doing a video podcast version of this no no my heart like my heart rate goes up to like 120 every time you talk about it okay she was we even were, mad at me i had almost nothing to do with it yeah i was like <laughs> it wasn't my idea i was like did you know this yeah. did you know when we were recording that like quite uh, literally i was having palpitations and my heart was going 117 beats a minute when we were recording that because i was so just uncomfortable all right well you know we'll do an offline pastoral counseling session to kind of walk through <laughs> where that stems from um and and listen you have you're busy right now you told us to hurry up because you have something very important that's happening today yeah my in-laws are coming in like super soon that's really exciting they were, yeah we have they haven't been to our house and i mean a long time my father-in-law i don't think like has been here for about five years Wow! because they had a little dog and they couldn't leave him home alone. So they would like take turns coming. But then with COVID, my uh, mother-in-law, I don't think has been here almost two years. Wow. So it's exciting. They're coming together and they're coming for a while. All right. They're fighting a little bit about, she says uh, like two-ish weeks. He's saying a month. So we'll see who wins. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. All right. Well, enjoy the in-laws. And if the in-laws ever do listen to an episode of Goodwill Talk, Welcome to New York, in-laws. Glad you're here. (laughs) Good to see you. Um, Listen, we're doing an episode that fits in a lot with yesterday's sermon. So if people were in worship yesterday, um, they heard a sermon about fasting that was uh, not just in Montgomery, that was in all of our locations and online. 
um, that follows up a uh, sermon from Pastor Tim in Montgomery, if you watch the, the live stream. Um, but on the 20th, all of us preached on prayer, um, which was also Father's Day, and I never got a happy Father's Day from you. So I'm a little... I'm a little salty about that. That's because Matt that. doesn't celebrate Father's Day. Oh, so, okay. But happy Father's Day to you, all the Thank normal you. people who, yeah, I know, he doesn't like it. Uh, he, at like, some of the biggest, and I mean, like, we don't fight a lot, but some of the biggest, like, he threw a barbecue grill out of a truck once with a brisket on it because he was just out of his mind. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Because Father's Day exists? Because we were going somewhere and like the smoker didn't cook it fast enough. Oh. And so he was like loading it up to finish it there. And, and he, he got unhappy. mad because of just the whole situation. And so in that moment, we decided that we would no longer do anything for Father's Day unless he says, hey, let's do this. Great. Sounds good. Let's do that. But so the- I am all done. I never make plans for Father's Day. And he's always like, I don't celebrate it. I don't care. I don't like it. It's fine. It's just another day. Great, then it'll just be another day. The kids don't get him a tie or anything like that. No, I mean they make their like Father's Day crafts at school and okay. stuff. And I mean he okay. loves he loves those and yeah. you know, but like he doesn't want to do anything special. He doesn't he you know to him it's I'm, just another day, but he happens to get father related crafts on those days. Yeah, I I I get that. That makes sense to me. Um, Father's Day is a strange day for me as well, and so um, I don't. I enjoy the day. We don't tend to do a whole lot because you know I'm exhausted by the end of church on Father's Day. Um, but you know, well, thank you for the Happy Father's Day. And Matt, I'm not wishing you a Happy Father's Day and deal with it. Um, <laughs> all right, we are looking today at prayer and fasting. The whole way we got to Father's Day it was on Father's Day. Uh, we preached about prayer yesterday. We preached about fasting and. In the sermon yesterday, we announced an initiative that we are calling the whole church to. We're calling it 40 Good Days, um, 40 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We announced it. We're going to be announcing it again next week. Um, And then the fast begins on July 5th because we have a heart and didn't want you to feel obligated to fast on July 4th weekend. Um, So Monday, July 5th is when the fasting begins. And uh, we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about prayer and fasting. We're going to talk about what fasting is. We're going to answer questions about fasting that you might have, Jess. And we're just going to kind of go. Everybody who's listening has the benefit of having had the sermon yesterday. I don't have that. No, you don't have that. And you have the benefit of like knowing what you guys are going to preach about because you've all talked about it uh-huh. and kind of like outlined it. Because we're recording it. this, in fact, before Father's Day. Yeah. So I I have, I'm coming in completely blind, but I'm ready. All right. It's going to be great. I let's have a lot of questions about fasting. Okay. Well, so, let's well, just maybe start not there. a lot, but so wait, so what is the purpose of like, what is the goal? What is, why are we doing this? So fasting does a couple things. It's actually, um, and, and this is just I can't give you a ton of resources right off the top of my head. This is things that I've learned and as I studied this over the years. Um, fasting has a couple different components to it. It is um, It first recognizes that we are a people who are in need of something outside of ourselves to be able to exist. You cannot survive without food. The reason that's important is it's a, in direct contrast to God who is self-sustaining and needs nothing outside of himself. It emphasizes your creatureness. Um, and it, what it does is it, it immediately begins to weaken and humble you so that you realize that you cannot be self-sufficient, that no matter what you are doing in this world, you need someone from outside of yourself to supply your needs. Um, and so it, it, it is intended to be physically weakening, to highlight 
our physical and spiritual need for our creator. Um, and it also kind of, again, reminds us of, of God's self-sufficiency. He needs nothing, which is strange for us as creatures who are constantly in need. He needs nothing. He doesn't need an outside fuel in order to exist. He simply is, and he is a consuming fire. He is that fuel himself. It, it gets into some really cool theological stuff. But um, so that's, I think, the first thing fasting does is it, it brings home, I am a creature and I ought never forget that, that I am by definition someone who's dependent on another um, and, and ultimately dependent on the, our creator. The second thing it does and this just seems to be the way that God has designed it, especially as we read about it in the New Testament. Fasting is the, it almost opens up a conduit, if you will. I don't know how, how else to better say it. It creates the space for God to be able to speak to us and do work through us. And as we see it in the New Testament, fasting becomes a really a, a seedbed out of which God does some pretty incredible things. Um, so it's, it, it's preparing. It's a recognition that not only am I reliant on someone outside of myself, not only am I reliant on God, but if God is going to work through me, I must embrace that creatureliness. I must surrender to who, I, who God has made me to be, which means, God, I need, I, I'm going to bring myself to a place of humility that you might do work in and through me. Um, and so the, it's kind of, they're related, but those are the two things that really jump to mind when I think of the purpose of fasting. Okay. So why are you guys calling us? And it's not you, it's the pastors. It's the pastors and in elders. General. Yeah. Oh, and the elders. Okay. Yeah. So why are you calling the church to fast right now? Yeah. It, a lot of it coincides with the sabbatical that our senior pastor, John Torres is on right now. Um, before John left, he encouraged the staff, he encouraged the pastors and elders to kind of do our own version of sabbatical. Um, obviously, we had to keep working. <laughs> you know, we're not taking the time off. Like, you know, and and so our work is still here in the church. John's work is outside of the church right now. He's working on his own relationship with the Lord to ensure that the the damage that's done to us as we do ministry it's a time for healing up. It's a time for for drawing close to the Lord. It's a time for praying about vision and where we're going. And then he has this task of preach of of praying for um, a thousand salvations. That's something he was talking about, and we told the congregation about this. A lot of us gave in names of family members and friends. Um, and so, in the spirit of kind of joining John in his sabbatical, we're going to enter into a time of prayer and fasting really seeking the Lord and saying, what's, what's the direction you're taking us? One of the things John's praying strongly about is what is the future of Goodwill Church? What's next? Um, we want to be joining him in that. We, we don't want to just be sitting back and saying, well, John will come back and he'll tell us what's next. Well, no, we, we want to be prayerfully seeking the Lord, asking the Spirit to lead us and as the Spirit leads us, He will lead us together. He's the senior pastor. We're the congregation. We're not going to suddenly have these radically different visions of where we're supposed to go. Right. But it's, it'd be good to be prepared for what the Lord has for us. And because prayer and fasting is often preparatory, that's what this will be. It's, it's preparation for, all right, Lord, where's next? Um, and so there's, 
you know, and we talked about this last week and get into this a little bit as well, but there are some, some specific areas that we're going to be praying and fasting about, but really it is about joining John kind of in this season of sabbatical and preparation for what's next. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> so, so you're not calling everybody to fast for 40 days, correct? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's physically impossible. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it is physically impossible. I'm sure somebody would try it. Um, here's what we're going to say as a church. Please don't try it. Don't do that. Don't fast for 40 straight days. It's not I don't good think for you. you. Can't, I like, I, no, I don't think it's not good for you. I think it will kill you. I, yeah, it'll put you in the hospital. That's for dang sure. Um, right. Isn't it like three, three days without water, 30 days without food yeah, or something sure. like that? I'm not sure. I mean, there's, there's a reason when Jesus fasts for 40 days, it is inherently supernatural. And so, right. um, we just don't want to, right. We're not, using, nobody, nobody ever, not even Jesus calls you to replicate that. No. And that's, that's something that, you know, I, I hear this a lot. Well, we need to replicate what Jesus did. Um, there are some things where we follow Christ's example. There are other things where we can't follow Christ's example. Um, fasting in the desert for 40 days is one of those things that's unnecessary. And I, I didn't really get, get a chance to get into this in the sermon. Um, what Jesus is doing there is he is really, um, he is dealing with two major moments in Israel's history. It's the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Jesus wanders in the wilderness for 40 days as a mirror of that. But he purposefully chooses to go into that in order to continue his work of redemption. Whereas when Israel was sent into the wilderness for 40 years, it was an act of judgment. So Jesus redemptively works in a wilderness where Israel had been punished and where they were um, really having to, to pay for the sin of, of rebellion against God. So Christ enters into that rebellion and brings out redemption. So that's, that's one of the things that he's doing. The other thing he's doing is he's, he's going head to head with the devil. Um, there's the temptations that happen in the wilderness that are very much so an echo of the temptation that Adam and Eve failed against in the garden. And so he defeats the devil where Adam and Eve had failed. And so those are the two main things that are happening there. What's interesting is he enters into this period of prayer and fasting, and that's when the devil attacks. It is as he enters into this time of prayer and fasting. It's, it's Again, it's preparing him to do spiritual battle. I don't think it's just because the devil is attacking him at his weak point. I think it really is preparation. Jesus knows that in order to redeem humanity, he must defeat the evil one. This is the beginning of that defeat. And so, um, you know, that's, that's all that's going on in that text. It's really cool. The 40 days of fasting is preparing for those showdowns then and for Christ's redemptive work. But there's still something, there is something powerful about these longer periods of time of prayer and fasting. We're not going to do that as individuals. We're going to do that as a church. The church will prayer will will enter into a period of prayer and fasting for forty days. And what we're asking is that people go to uh, the Goodwill Church website, go to special events, click on that. You'll see the forty good days banner there, and you can sign up for a day to fast. And we're asking people to fast for a day during that forty day period. Everybody does it. All 40 days will be covered. We're not worried about that at all. And if people are interested in doing multiple days, what we're asking is you kind of spread that out over the 40. 
So don't be like, cool, I'm going to do the first 10. Well, no, just if you want to fast for 10 days, then, you know, every three or four days fast for a day. It's about us doing it together, which means we don't try and do it by ourselves. That's part of the discipline here. You know, there are some people who love to do long fasts. We're not asking for that because the whole purpose of this is for all of us to do it together. So we need to create the space for everybody to be involved. Um, and so that's that's what we're calling the, the whole church. As a church will fast for 40 days, individuals within the church will choose a day or two that we will fast during that period. Um, in addition to that, the pastors and elders are going to be fasting um, once a week for the duration. Um, as leaders in the church, we want to lead by example in this as well. And so, um, so we're going to be fasting once a week um, because we really are trying to seek the Lord and, and see where he's leading us next. Do you have any recommendations for how people who medically can't fast for them to participate and not feel like, well, I can't do that. Because, right. you know, there are people who, you know, if you are diabetic or take certain medications, like you have to eat food. You have, like to, eat you have food. to. And, no and don't not do that, please. Yeah. And that again, this is, um, and and when you see the, the video on July 4th, you're going to see us say that. If you medically can't fast with us, find another way to participate. Um, we Again, the goal here isn't to be a hero and then find yourself in a medical situation. The goal here is to join in the church as we humble ourselves before the Lord together. Um, I don't know specific examples, but here's what I would say about fasting, and, and you would have heard this in the sermon. Fasting has, um, by definition, a physical component to it. It needs to be physical. We are um, both physical and spiritual beings together. We're holistic. Fasting is um, the way the Bible describes it, the physical withholding of food, which means you feel the hunger pangs, which means you feel the weakness. It's physical to remind us of both our physical and spiritual needs. So if you have to eat, I get it. I'm not saying, but what is it that you can do physically that demonstrates to you your need for someone else? And I don't know what the answer to that is for you, but it, I would say start thinking creatively about this. What physical thing will I do or what physical thing will I restrain from doing? And, um, you know, how, how does that demonstrate my reliance on the Lord? Um, there are other uh, physical withholdings are possible whether you're eating or not. You know, maybe, maybe a married couple sits down and they say, hey, you know, 1 Corinthians 7, there is a time not to come together sexually. Maybe we need to enter into a period of celibacy during this. And I'm not saying for 40 days, but just a period of it because we have to eat. What else can we physically give up? And that's just an example. There's others out there of things that you can do. And so look through the scriptures, see what's there, pray about this. Um, this is why we didn't announce it on Sunday and start it on Monday. We want people praying about this and thinking through how they're going to do it. Um, but it, I would just say the first principle there is it needs to be a physical thing. Um, secondly, you have to miss it. Yeah. It has to be something that you actually miss. Like when we go to Lent, sometimes people are like, well, what am I going to give up? And they're like, oh, I'm going to give up Snickers, but not all the rest of the candy bars. It's like, right. well, I mean, come on, like choose something that's actually, you're going to feel that you're right. without it. Um, so that's the other thing it's, uh, it's physical. And you actually feel the lack of it. Well, because if you're if you're fasting from all food, 
you have a kind of constant reminder yes. that you have not eaten. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's that kind of constant reminder, those pangs of hunger that are going to, oh yeah, I'm doing this for a reason. And, and you know, it put just kind of puts you back in, uh, like you said, like a humbleness and in prayer and, and a focus that is, I think, harder to replicate mm-hmm. without not eating. But like you said, if I eat a Snickers bar, like once every couple of months, like right. I'm not, that's all, I'm only going to think about it every once in a while when I want it. Right. But you know, like what is something in your life that if you gave it up, you're like, Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know, like I drink seltzer all the time. All right. Well maybe I'm just going to drink yeah. water instead of seltzer like that. Every time I go to get a drink, I'm gonna be like, Oh, well, and, and it's also, you know, this does happen um, often in Lent is that people will give up something that is actually something they've been struggling with for a long time. You know? So some people will say, I haven't been able to kick drinking soda or I've been able to kick sugar. So I'm just going to stop for Lent. No, no sugar for Lent. And what they find is their body adjusts during that period. And now they don't need it anymore. And they're free from that. And so, you know, we're coming out of COVID. And one of the things that we are um, emphasizing during this time of prayer and fasting, we are praying and fasting for healing. And um, we'll get into a couple of different ways to heal. But just, just in this context, maybe you need healing from a reliance on a particular substance. It could be sugar, it could be alcohol, it could be cigarettes, it could be drugs, caffeine. it could be caffeine. Uh, you know, we made fun of you for your coffee addiction. Uh, you knew it's not found. really an addiction. I, I drink like two cups in the morning. That's it. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, in know. the beginning, I drank a, a lot, but like, I mean, today I had a half a cup, and then I it, see. There you go. I, I was done. But like, there are some people who are just really there's they have addicted personalities, yeah. and they are um, they're reliant on substances. You can use something like this. To, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you break yourself from that, from that really what's become a spiritual stronghold in your life. Um, and it, it's not necessarily all bad things. Like there's nothing wrong with sugar, but if you're a slave to sugar, now it's sinful. Right. And so it's, it's thinking through those things um, and, and really wondering how can I place myself in a position where I have to rely on Christ in this period? Um, fasting does that. And so, yeah, what is it that you want to really miss? Um, physically. So are there more examples of fasting other than when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days? Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of passages that come to mind. Um, you know, the, the first one that comes to mind is in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus has just taught on the Lord's prayer. Um, and he immediately pivots to fasting. Oh yeah, because he says when you fast, right? So it's when not like uh, if if you would, but kind of an assumption that like you're gonna do it. Well, and there's parallels between praying and fasting that happen within the Sermon on the Mount. And so if you if you just look at this real quick, so if you're not in the car driving right now, and you can actually grab a Bible, um, in Matthew six, um, verse five, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Drop down to sixteen, right after the he gives the, the our Father prayer, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. It's a clear parallel there. He's clearly connecting them in the language. He's saying, when you do it, don't do this, but do this. But when you fast, in verse 17, and then earlier, but when you pray, also included in both of these, uh, right before the Lord's Prayer, truly I say to you, they've received their reward. Right before he tells them how to fast, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So he's connecting prayer and fasting without any idea that they would be separated from one another. Okay. And what's fascinating about that to me is I don't think Christians have an idea that prayer is optional. 
I think we all understand that prayer ought to oh, be uh, like yeah. just a, a part of your regular life. That's a part faith. of the Christian life. I need to pray. Yeah. I don't know anybody who treats fasting the same way. And yet Jesus connects them in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and we see it connected in the New Testament. Um, if you look at, um, you know, I, I brought this up in the sermon and it's, it's a passage that I've been sitting with for a really long time for a variety of reasons. But in Acts 13, the church in Antioch, which is the first Gentile church, um, it says that they are worshiping and fasting. Then the Lord says, I want you to set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work of being missionaries. First time we've ever had missionaries in the history of the church. Before they respond, they enter into a second period of prayer and fasting. So the word prayer doesn't even show up the first time. They're worshiping and fasting. Second time, prayer and fasting. They go together. But the fasting was not just because they were going to send Paul and Barnabas. And so we have a specific thing to fast for. We're going to fast for it and then move on. But fasting was a part of the rhythm of the church. It was just something that they did. And then where did that go? Um, it, it's a rhythm of the church in a lot of, of traditions of Christianity. You look at the ancient church, they're fasting all the time. I mean, to the point of extremes. Well, we're Americans, so well, <laughs> we like to eat. But even... even a, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We, you're right. But even within Christianity, you talk to your Roman Catholic friends, there's periods of fasting that are just a part of their liturgical worship. Now, they might not observe it themselves, mm -hmm. but it's there. The church is telling you to do it. Eastern Orthodox Church, this is a part of it. Um, you go to some more charismatic Pentecostal cir circles, they do this more regularly. Our circles, we just don't. And and I, I think we're missing something here. We have been taught or trained that you only fast if there's a specific thing to fast for. And it's actually not a necessity. You don't have to do it. It's optional. But what we're trying to demonstrate through the 40 good days of prayer and fasting and also through the sermons you've heard the last couple of weeks, it's not optional. This should become part of the rhythm of your life which as I've been preparing for this sermon was incredibly convicting to me because I don't fast. Like in, in the weeks leading up to preaching yesterday's sermon, I'm just sitting there going, I don't do this. I, I recognize the, the importance and the need of prayer, but I don't connect it to fasting the way Jesus does. I, that's strange to me. And then I, I was in a youth group that did um, 30 hour famine. So I don't know if, um, I, I'm pretty sure we've done it here at Goodwill Church before. I, like, um, I'm, I'm familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, so. so the youth go 30 hours without eating. Um, well, maybe that's when I, Jeff, before we recorded, he was like, did you ever fast? And I was like, I feel like I did, but I don't remember. But maybe it may now have been that you're a saying it, famine, it right. could have been a 30-hour famine. It's connected to another um, to another missions organization. You do acts of, of like good works in your in your community when you do it. Um, and ordinarily, you have gone around and gotten people to sign up. Give, I'll give a dollar for every hour that you don't eat. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you fast for 30 hours. And that was a special thing. We did it once a year. But it was never followed up as, now put this into the rhythms of your life. It was just a thing that we did once in a while. Right. It was like a fundraiser. Right. And we spent about 25 of those 30 hours complaining about how hungry we were. And which, which really is against fasting. I mean, right? Isn't that what it said? Like what you're supposed to rub oil on your face or something and like not make yourself look gaunt. Absolutely. And I mean, when you <laughs> look at the way that he talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, 
anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others. So nobody should be looking, man, Marcos, you look awful. Well, I'm fast. <laughs> so so yeah, I should. Because I'm, I'm really thing right I'm really hungry. Yeah, so Yeah. And can't you see my holiness points just keep going up and up and up? So no, that's like the opposite. You're it is supposed the opposite. to like not not in secret, but it's it's supposed to be a humble activity. Right. And this is also why when you sign up for a day of prayer and fasting, when you go to the to the website and you sign up, you're not gonna see a list of who's fasting when. Oh, look, Susie is also going to fast on Thursday. Let me do that with her and we can be hungry together. We're fasting buddies. Yeah. Um, no. The, it'll the... just show that it's, it'll just show that that, that day has somebody. No, we're not even going to show that. We're oh. not even going to show. We're, we're so just going to have I see, a. So when I, if I go on yeah. and sign up, yeah. it will look as if the calendar is blank, yeah. even though it, it won't be. It's going to be basically a stock photo of a calendar. Gotcha. Um, but you're going to be able to choose what day yeah. you'll be able to sign up. But really that's for you. You're committing to do this on that day. And will it send me like a reminder? That's a good question. I'll have to ask the website people about that. That's a very good question. Because I um, I, I would have good intentions and you know, three weeks from now, be like, like, Oh, oh man, yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> oh, I ate a whole turkey by myself yesterday. That's not no, uh, you know, I think um but it is, it's 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 the act of I'm committing to do this and I'm committing to do right. this with my church, but then I'm not gonna go on my social media feed. And take my fasting selfie. Right. Like, that's not the point. The point is to humble ourselves, not to try and make ourselves look so holy, which is exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They're saying, look at us. We're fasting and we're, we're hurting and we're suffering. We're groaning because we're fasting. Look at how holy we are. Yeah. It's, it's like something about not making themselves look like they're fasting where they like, like putting dirt or something on their face, like making them look yeah, you they know, would, tired they, and yes. gone. They would walk through, they would be groaning, they'd be making loud noises, they'd be making a spectacle of themselves out of, you know, and maybe they were hungry, I don't know, but they would... Well, I mean, I'm sure were, that they were hungry. Sure, but like not to that extent. They and were just making sure that everybody knew, we're it was, doing it right now, I'm doing it right now. The fast came about them and not about their Heavenly Father. And that's something that we want to just be working through as a church. We are asking for these three things, healing... Second vision, third salvations. Those are the three things that we're in. And when you see posters, those are going to be the three words that you see there. Um, we're looking for relational healing. You know, it's been a rough year, 18 months um, as, a, as a world, as a nation, really as Goodwill Church. We've been through it a little bit. We need healing. We need to go to the great physician and say, hey, we need relational healing. We need congregational healing. We need financial healing. Yeah. Um, and we need personal healing. You know, that's where some of the addiction stuff comes into play. Uh, mental health that we're going to be talking about with Jose and Kim coming up. Yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody needs mental health. I don't care who you are or how good you think you are. Everybody needs everybody, some mental health healing right not now. Not a question. Yeah. And so we, we need healing. So that's the first thing we're, we're asking, Lord, would you, would you bring us healing as a church? Um, second, would you show us where we're going? What's the future of Goodwill Church look like? What are you calling us to next? Um, that's the vision part. And then the thousand people that um, John is praying for, why aren't we praying as well? I mean, maybe some of us are, but let's all do it. Right. And like let's corporately. Corporately prayer and fast for the salvation of friends and family members. I mean, what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to just work during this 40 days and lead a bunch of people to Christ? And maybe it is out of prayer and fasting that we see revival happen in our area of the Hudson Valley. How amazing would that be? Yeah. We don't know. Maybe it won't happen. 
but it certainly has a better chance if we humble ourselves and rely on the work of Christ and and demonstrate our need for him through prayer and fasting. That's a much better shot than just not doing it. So let's go. Let's pray and fast for the people in our lives that we really love and want to be with Jesus for eternity. Yeah. Um, so those are the three things that we're doing prayer and fasting for. And if it becomes about us, we've lost sight of why we're doing this. It is about humility before the Lord, recognizing that we are creatures. It's the opposite of exaltation. You know, you, you, it's hard to really exalt yourself when you're, the whole point of a fast is to say, I am a person who's in need of others and in need of, of a heavenly father and creator. Like that's, how do you exalt yourself while you're doing that if you're doing it the right way? And right. so, um, you know, I encourage, I mean, I'm not saying hide it. If somebody comes up to you and say, hey, are you fasting this week? You don't have to lie to them, right. but you don't have to make it about you. And that's yeah. something that we just have to, to work through, especially in, in the selfie age that we're in. We're just used to telling the whole world everything about everything we do. So, yeah, you know, we don't do anything privately. No, we should do more privately. We're going to work on that. <laughs> we are. Um, so any other questions about prayer and fasting and about this 40 days that we're about to head into? I don't think so. I, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think, think I asked all the questions Okay. that I had. All right. That's good. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, I mean, beyond 30 hour famine, you, you weren't sure. Have you ever fasted before? Uh, no, not, not fasted like that. I mean, I've like done intermittent fasting. Okay. My body really likes that. Okay. But okay. no, never fasted, uh, in this manner. Okay. So I, I think a lot of people are in that boat. Yeah. And so if you're in that boat, I want to encourage you by saying it's possible. You can do it. Um, I think fasting sounds a lot scarier than it actually is. Plan for it. Um, mm -hmm. If you're not sure medically if you can do it, just check in with your doctor. Yes. Go on the little health portal. Hey, I'd like to do a 24-hour fast. Do you have any recommendations? Can I do that? Right. Can, you know, could I modify it? And some people might, you know, some folks, it, you may be able to do a juice fast. Great. Do a juice fast. Other folks like, no, sorry, you need to eat. You, you have to eat three meals a day. Okay. What else am I going to give up then to be a part of this? But the, the point is everybody involved, we're going to do this together. Um, and know that your leaders are leading by example. We're all going to be doing this. Um, and our hope is that this will bring uh, even greater unity, greater um, a, a greater sense of, of the love we have for one another. We're doing this for others. We're doing this for one another. And, you know, my hope is that we really see some cool things come out of this period. Um, and then, you know, the fast will end. I think it's August 14th is the 40th day. It's a Saturday. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we, we end. John comes back not long after that. But maybe this is something that, um, and I hope it is, becomes a routine for you. How does fasting now become a regular spiritual discipline that you employ for your own health and for your own, and I'm not just talking about physical health, although it is good for you physically to fast, um, but also spiritually? for your spiritual health. And I want to remind everyone of something Pastor Tim's been saying a lot. These are means of grace. We are placing ourselves with into the stream of where God's grace is already pouring out. These ordinary means of grace means that the grace of God is pouring out, a, a sustaining grace, not a saving grace, but a sustaining grace is pouring out all the time in these areas. Place yourself in the way of that stream and receive the grace of God to help you and sustain you in your walk with the Lord. 
Um, fasting is one of those. And so I encourage people to take part in that. Um, Jess, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. This has been it fun. Was, yeah, it was interesting. We'll see how it goes. I'm be, excited. It's going to be great. Good. Good. Um, this is the end of this episode. We have some exciting things coming up. Uh, a couple guests for the next couple of weeks to get into some really interesting conversations. Um, this cool. has been season seven, episode three of Goodwill Talk, and we will see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.